0: Thank you for listening to this talk produced by the Art Gallery of South Australia. really, uh, firstly, a little bit of history. When I was director at Auckland Art Gallery, Toyo Tamaki, we were working quite intensely on presenting a Frida and Diego exhibition at Auckland. Now, that didn't happen. We didn't get the uh, governmental support uh, from Adelaide City to do that project, but the project did happen and that was seven years ago at the uh, Art Gallery of New South Wales. Um, So some people may have seen that exhibition. Did anybody here show, yeah, how, and um, uh, ha, how would you, okay it's going to be a box pop, how would you describe it as simple? D- don't ask me now. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but um, essentially it was uh, the paintings of Frida and Diego, but without all of the uh, other artists, and without the photography and the video and the murals, etc, so it, it was refined directly Built by Guamo uh, Carlos, um, and it was actually constructed by him. And of course, Frida Carlo was born there, uh, and she lived there for most of her life, and in fact, she passed away. So, Revere is the uh, the Stairs, the Fiona McMonagle, uh watercolour that we commissioned, AXA commissioned, and it's entitled her full name as well. So, the enduring appeal of the art of Frida Kahlo is indeed a phenomena. In 2020, Frida Kahlo was the second most Google artist in a survey of 199 countries in the world. She was also the most searched artist in 29 countries in the world, and one of of course was the man she loved uh, and in fact married twice. The astronomic rise of Frida's popularity in the 1970s and 1990s through to the present day coincided with the worldwide interest in identity po- politics, Chicanismo and feminism as well as post-colonial and indigenous studies. Her appeal has only further expanded in the 2000s many people's lives today. Today, it's so difficult to separate the art of Frida Kahlo from uh, her iconic stature, and it's no irony that we have this extremely busy (laughs) store of Frida merchandise behind us today. Uh, uh, Her collective psyche, As I said, we begin here in the Casa Azul. I'm interested, has anybody been, who ha- in the room has been to the Casa Azul in Me- Mexico City? Okay, well, this does emulate the experience to some ex- uh, extent. The walls are very high, they're painted this incredible Frida Kahlo blue. Uh, 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 there is an inner courtyard that we've tried to uh, uh, recreate in the second to um, the third to last. the walls are absolutely uh, covered in uh, as you enter the space in retablos very small metal uh, votive uh, sculptures uh, Her, when you eventually come to her bedroom her bed is tiny astonishingly tiny and yet the garden opens out in this uh, warm of her birth to 1910 to coincide with the Mexican Revolution for, for uh, political purposes. It also made her three years younger. Uh, so, uh, But she lived there uh, for most of her life. Decade of civil rest ensured from 1910 to 1920, which was only stabilised in 1920 with the new nationalism. Now, um, Guermo uh, Carlo, Frida's father, was a renowned photographer. He was German, uh, German-born, and he uh, and he, his greatest assistant, of course, was. Frieda incredible suite of photographs that you see, they were photographed in 1920. This was about the time of the stabilisation of the government when the government, through the education department, invited Diego Rivera to come back from Europe and be part of the new education movement in educating the masses, largely illiterate, through the mural process. So the whole rise of nationalism in Mexico was so embedded in Diego Rivera. spirituality. In the next room, we meet Jacques and Natasha Gelman, the great patrons and collectors of Mexican modernism and Frida and Diego in particular. The room after, we're introduced to Diego Rivera's global impact as a muralist and specifically the Detroit industry murals. And it's fantastic to have the, the footage Double. High- the almada mural and the incredible costumes we've got, have a, a quite a substantial presentation of those costumes the next room is her her hospitalization and her bedridden Devoted to her photographer father, assisting him, as I said, in the studio. She was intelligent and inquisitive, and in 1922 enrolled in the National Preparatory School with the intention of studying medicine. Interestingly, it was there where Diego was painting a mural and she met him. Recovery, she taught herself to paint, and she joined the Mexican Communist Party. And in twenty-eight, at the home of Italian American photographer, the incredible Tina Modotti, Frida officially met Diego Rivera, marrying him the next year. This pairing of destinies, of which love and revolution are embraced, will determine the course and the remainder of both their lives. Frida and Diego travelled together to the United States and throughout Mexico. She honed her visual language, drawing on. Photos her work nonetheless infused with a deep and reflective sense of humanity and her own vulnerability. And I think that is so much of what connects her to people today. The surrealist poet André Breton was struck by her work and arranged for the first solo exhibition of her paintings at the Julian Levy Exhibition Gallery Space in New York in 1938. With an exhibition in France, life together. It was Diego's light that shone bright in the cultural world. And his creation of vast politically charged murals in Detroit, 32 to 33, New York, 34, the famous Rockefeller d- a mural that was painted over, and Mexico City from 29 to 35. The celebrated work coincided with a government-sponsored surge in murals around Mexico City, commissioned between 23 and 39. The murals were a response to objective of creating a sense of Mexican identity. Frida continued painting and exhibiting, and despite her fragile health, she taught art at the newly formed Escuelo Nacional de Pintura, and she she taught most of her life after that point. It's something we we don't hear about often, and she and many of her students uh, became very close with her. Forty-seven, um, And it was interesting that Andre Breton is the one that sort of discovered her and took her to Europe. And uh, she was claimed as a surrealist, but she always denied that she was a surrealist. different collection of Frida's works, and there was two that were in this exhibition, so it's substantially different. Uh, This exhibition, of course, also delves into the breadth of Mexican modernism and highlights the tremendous vitality and uh, observational acuity seen in photography and painting during these post-revolutionary decades in Mexico. She was acutely aware and in control of She celebrated her own indigeneity. The beautiful portraits of Frida by Nicholas Murray in the final room offer direct evidence of Frida's magnetic persona, and that's spoken about quite often um, in his ultra-chroma photographs. But also the influence of folk art, elaborate costume jewellery that features so heavily. Also in the exhibition is uh, an unusual work. exactly what's happened in this video where he's in conversation with himself. Photograph, Frida at the Barbizon Plaza Hotel. She also created one of the most astonishing uh, photographs in the exhibition in the second to last room, which is called Frida with a doily on her head, which is this bizarre image that it looks traditional um, Mexicano, but in fact it's a doily on her head. And the, the expanded label talks about. describes uh, the very blonde dancers protecting, pretending to be Mexican as if they had lead in their feet and not blood. But I wanted to speak primarily about Lola Alvaro's Bravo. We see her works in the second room. Um, she was born in 1903 and she died in 1993, so quite recently. And she was the She had, had a tremendous influence on photography throughout the world. She was born in a small town of Jalisco um, in Mexico and moved to Mexico City with her father, where her parents separated in 1906, the, da- the year before Frida was born. For a decade, she lived with her father in a large mansion and on his death was taken in by her older half-brother and then sent to boarding school. the Esqualo Nacional Preparatoria she met her lifelong friend Frida Carlo and uh, it was a friendship with another of her childhood friends Manuel Alvarez Bravo that blossomed into romance and at the same time the two married in 25. her husband taught her photography as well as uh, developed uh, how to um, how to develop in the dark room and she acted as his assistant for nearly a decade. Fino Tamayo, all included in this exhibition, and of course the incredible Diego Rivera. She sought to explore her own creativity and was unhappy in the marriage, and soon they separated in 1934. And she began her career... She portrayed subjects candidly, revealing deeper meanings of culture and social significance rather than seeking what was just no, no, newsworthy. She established a successful independent career, taking inspiration from photographers such as Edward Weston and Tina Modotti. For the next 50 years, she photographed a variety of subjects, Mexican she did in 1950 that are incredible in detail and quite astonishing, still taking this idea of of international modernism with a great love and respect for architecture, for um, machines, she portraits of Frida, and that's in the second to last room, reflecting their close friendships such as Frida in her bedroom from 1945, Frida reflected in a mirrored wardrobe, 1945, and the final work, which is an astonishing photograph that I only gathered up my strength to look at today, which is Frida Carlisle. Uh, Tells of course of another great love Not only this great friendship Between Lola and Frida And and between Frida and Diego But also between Natasha And Jacques Ellman Who amassed an extraordinary collection Uh, What was fascinating is that Natasha was in Mexico City Republic and he was uh, Russian born. They fell in love uh, with Mexico with each other and Mexican culture and started amassing an, an extraordinary collection together and one where they became deep and intimate friends with the artists discreet, it is so small. Her painting of the fur is extraordinary but she has also hand painted that astonishing frame. And of course, as I said, Natasha and uh, and Jacques uh, from 1930 uh, were together. In 1941 they married, they became Mexican citizens the next year and then lived between New York and Mexico City for the rest of their lives having a close and intimate relationship with those artists. So Uh, Frida uh, Carlo and Diego Rivera and the many other artists like Lola Alvarez Bravo. Um, thanks goes to Jacques and Natasha Gelman for their passion in collating this exhibition, uh, collating these artworks. Uh, they are, of course, national patrimony. The paintings of Frida and Diego are owned by the state of uh, of um, Mexico and they must go back to Mexico City after this viewing. In fact, from, from Sunday they will be in this expanded way with the video footage, with the murals uh, but it won't be seen for some time. I'm going to finally end uh, firstly of course by thanking uh, SATC South Australian Tourism Commission without their support from the government we never would have been able to uh, present the exhibition and also the leave with a few quotes from Frida Kahlo because she said uh, she was often quoted uh, and uh, she's uh, extraordinarily poignant with her commentary about life. She said at the end of the day we can endure much more than we think we can. She said He said, and I'll end with this, surrealism is the magical surprise of finding a lion in the wardrobe where you are sure...